Hello, and welcome to the Emotive Pixels podcast. This is our very special episode, and by special, I mean all of our hair is fully let down. For the return of the Oberdin, Sweet Lucas Pope's follow-up to Papers, Please. With me today are two wonderful people, and they are... Will Atkinson. And Craig Schumann. Beautiful. And who is me? Uh, I am Nate Stevens. Excellent. Excited to be with you, fellas. You as well. I think I'm curious how this one goes. Uh, we begin with a question: What have you done to entertain yourself during the most boring part of the most boring job you've ever had? Uh, I'm going to have Will go first. So. When I joined the military, one of the things they make you do is do night watch. So they wake you up for two hours in the middle of the night, and then you stare at a wall for two hours, and then wake up the next guy and go back to bed. So like I re- actually a wall? Pretty much, yeah. Wow. Um, so I remember uh, basically doing anything to try and keep myself awake. Oh, and you're not allowed to have anything. No books, no computers, no nothing. It's just you and your thoughts sitting there. So I remember, particularly having been away from the uh, niceties of life, um, going through in my mind, trying to remember what my favorite cereals were. Oh, <laughs> being a Lucky Charms. That's a, that's a good one. Um, and just kind of going checks. through. Oh, that's not a good one. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it is either. If you're like trying to name them, you're like, oh, brand. You're like, oh, shit, I should go back to bed. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a good time. Wow, that's a really great answer. What is Craig's? Oh, man. I was trying to think about this, and the first thing that came to mind was, like, how would I gamify my experience in one of my jobs? And the best option I had for that was to literally just play games during my job. <laughs> PUBG lunches. Yep. So I was I was actually recalling back to multiple times where you would think there'd be enough work to take care of for forty hours in a week, but uh, being a white collar worker and sitting at home and having lunch and being able to play PUBG with friends, and then all of a sudden your hour lunch turns into two hours or maybe three and a half hours, and no one notices that anything has changed throughout the day. That was how I uh, how how to know it's time to move on. Yeah, exactly. You're like I might need to change careers. Yeah. So uh, PUBG lunches is the first thing that comes to mind. I don't even remember what job this was, but I it wasn't anywhere near what Will's situation was. But I was in a situation where I couldn't have it wasn't like appropriate to have books or anything. So I brought graph paper and would create my own mazes. And. Uh, yeah, that that is boring. That is boring. What? Yeah. Would you have considered your job at Twenty Four Hour Fitness not to, you know, throw your secrets out in the open here, but working overnights there and like watching seasons or? Yeah, twenty one seasons of The Simpsons is probably up there. Yeah. <laughs> I was as far as I could watch at the time. I would have kept going. Yeah, I was curious if that would count or if that was just like. You know, you're just passing that time. That was entertainment. Yeah, that's... Well, I, the, I, I'll be honest. I feel really pressured when Wills was, I had to stare at a wall for hours in the middle of the night. <laughs> like, The Simpsons is just like, what was I even upset about in comparison? Yeah, that is true. Your literal job was to stare at the door for hours at night. 
Yes. Great answers, everyone. I think we should segue into the game we're here to talk about today, and I'm going to spoil it and say that we're all a little lukewarm on this game, which means that we're the most negative people on the internet about it. So buckle up for that. Uh, I could begin by trying to describe what it is we're talking about. Please do. The Return of the Overden is a game by Lucas Pope, which I mentioned again because Papers, Please is kind of a reference point in that this is a game about you doing a job. So you are an insurance claims adjuster, I think, at the port of Falmouth in England, and a boat's come back or been found, and everyone on it is dead. And your job is to figure out what fates befell everyone on the boat and kind of to answer, like, what the heck happened to this ship? So this is a one-bit game, as in there's only two colors, black and white, in which you have 3D control of a person that's working on an old boat from what the 1800s i think mm-hmm. um and you have a magical yes and you have a magical pocket watch that you can use to replay the last or the scene of someone's death and hear the moments leading up to it and as you go through the ship you progress through uh, i think it's nine chapters of different segments of the events that happened on the ship You can put all these things into a chronology, and your goal is to answer two questions for every person on the ship. How did they die? And who are they? And you have a picture of the whole crew, and that's kind of the... The goal is to connect all these individual scenes and identify the people in them, figure out who killed them and why, and kind of piece together the overall narrative of what happened to the Oberdin. So we played this by me streaming it to these two gents. Yep. Craig and I played this at release back in 2018, 16? 2018. It was originally released on Windows and Mac OS back on October 18th of 2018. I think we played it that fall. Has it made it to iPad? This would probably be pretty good on iPad. It hasn't, but it did make it to Switch, PS4, Xbox One, um, essentially one year later on October 18th, 2019. Huh. Okay. We played it. We didn't get too far. I think back then we had an inkling of the feeling that would come to affect all three of us playing together this time. But I mention that because I want to see if either of you can describe the mechanics of this game from not having played it. Yeah, that's a great question. Well, I'm going to pass that one to you. Yeah. yeah. How does this game get played? Jeez. Uh, So kind of the backbone of it is this book that you're carrying around. Uh, There are a bunch of sections in the book. Um, Some are the chapters that talk about how the story goes forward. And then there's also also a bunch of reference material about things like a map of the boat, um, the crew roster, and um the photo of the crew um and i that's most of uh, what's contained in that book and so um like you mentioned each of those chapters you're filling out that information about the crew and so um the game is actually played or actually played the most of the action in the game is played by finding a dead body on the ship um, starts off there's one and then they kind of all chain into each other um, some of them being quite a bit more obscure than the others uh, like the um, the cow's head on the wall or the boots hanging outside of a window which I have no freaking idea how anybody <laughs> ever found um, yep. <laughs> but but those chain into each other and 
you go through a memory like you described a moment ago and um when the music is done in the memory you get booted out and taken to the next dead body um and then you i somehow given the opportunity to input that data we talked about that seems like pretty much the way that this game is played does that sound right it so. sounds right. Everything's generated yeah, from a pocket watch as well. Yes. Um, sometimes it seems like within the span of a chapter, but not always, you can go within one pocket watch memory to the death of another. There's like almost a chaining system that you can kind of go down. I think. A, um, yeah, a bit. Although you can't go between a scene to another scene, right? It's not like you're doing an Inception style of linking them together, per se. Yeah, I guess it's like within one scene, you can reveal the existence of another body that you then go into after seeing that first part of the scene, I guess. Right. Yeah, I guess I should also point out that those additional bodies beyond the first ones of each chapter just aren't on the boat. And there's a couple other things like um, the different levels of the boat get unlocked over time um so they do try to keep progression in a bit of a specific order um but it's a little yeah yeah. there's a scene where people are like in rafts off the side of the boat because there's mermaids um so that's like another way that you can kind of like also gatekeep i think to kind of dive right into how we felt playing it I think there was an apprehension as we played that this was not going... The way people talk about this game, which is to say, like, nines and tens, the best puzzle game ever made, I think I saw a bunch. Oh, that, or just people talking about it being like, hey, once you play this, like, you're going to be broken for other puzzle games. Like, this is kind of the the creme de la creme that's going to redefine what it means to be a puzzle game as we move forward. And I think hearing that for a puzzle game made me think that it was a more about like a masterful game design that would just like slowly reveal it to you as you played and less like you're going to have to do the work to figure this out because that would have been more like a, I guess I would have expected less people to be talking about it and in a different way. Is that kind of the foundation of your guys' sort of hopes for this game? I originally saw a lot of comparisons and heard a lot of comparisons to games like her story and you know within that the interactive kind of detective game by sam barlow you're mostly given the context that you need to help to understand and you're kind of using that to put together an explanation of the events and when we were doing this, I expected there to be a greater emphasis on like a logical deduction of what had happened, where our actual experience with it was much more of like, okay, not only do you need to have a deduction of what's happening, but there's also a different level of observational awareness that you need to be cognizant and capable of to be able to connect those two different pieces. And I think that was the piece that I definitely didn't get as we started it right and it definitely became more of like a logic puzzle almost something that i would get closer to equivalating to a a challenge you might find on the sats as opposed to a game that is helping to use mechanical 
uh, you know, mechanisms to help push you along down the path. Yeah. Similarly, like for me, the, like the ideal of a puzzle game, like what we're talking about would be, uh, Jonathan blows the witness where the best game of all time. I I do think that that's true. (laughs) Honestly, it's very good. Um, the world is like completely obscure, but everything is there in the world and it's just a matter of um, figuring it out. But they don't just randomly throw random puzzles at you all the time. Everything is built to build you up, to make you feel like you're learning things and, and you're, you're, you feel like you're teaching yourself in the environment um, and very specifically created in that way. If I had felt like I was being led to learn things like that, for example, one of the things we heard a lot from other publications was, oh, people's uniforms or their insignias or what hats they're wearing might become important. Uh, if the game had like given me an indication that that was important and, you know, th- you know, we went stuff like, hey, Captain, here's your hat. I freshly put the signal on it for you or something, you know, something to be like, Oh, okay. I heard them talk about it here. Now I'm seeing it and I can use that information to better solve other problems. I I think that would have helped the onboarding process significantly. And not only that, a lot of the quote unquote puzzle solutions seem to be really one off where, for example, there was a character who had a really thick, uh, I think it was Irish accent. And you guys go like, oh, I know that guy. It's immediately this guy, and it's this one guy, and that's that's it. And then the accents almost never came into to to play again. Maybe in some rare cases. So it it, it felt like we weren't learning new things that we could put to use to uh, reduce the overall problem space. It just felt to me felt very scattershot. Oh, oh, I found a thing. But that thing isn't helping me build or learn or get better at the rest of the game. It's just a one-off solution most of the time. I, that's the piece that continued to strike me throughout our experience playing is that even though we had spent, you know, three, six, nine, ten hours playing within the world, I never fully understood the unified language that would be utilized to try and solve some of these challenges or problems, right? So as you're trying to figure out and discover who these people are, I thought there would be, okay, now that we've kind of understood that these are the context or these are the clues that we can start to capture, we would be able to start to use that to frame the rest of the world. And instead, it felt like every time that we found something or were able to discover the truth of who someone was, it was always, almost always based on a specific piece of data that didn't help paint the larger picture of what else was happening within this game world. And that was the real challenge that I had in continuing to think about the momentum or the the activity that I want to continue to place into playing and understanding the rest of the mystery. So I feel like it could have worked. Like One of the things, I should have shown you guys this before we went into this, but one of the things about logic problems are... You can learn a lot and solve logic problems pretty well by uh, inferring through the negative, which is kind of what is going on here. Like, oh, well, I know this guy is, 
not the captain, and he showed up after this scene, so it couldn't have been these four people, and it can't be this guy, so it's, therefore it's this other guy, right? That works a lot better if your problem space is limited. It was similar to things we were doing toward the end of the game, right? Where we're like, oh, we know this guy is a sailor. There's there's 14 sailors, but we've identified 13 of them, so it has to be this guy, right? Um, we were doing it a little bit in the beginning, like, oh, this guy has a fancy hat, therefore he's probably one of the command crew. We already know who the captain is, so it's probably this guy, right? Yeah. Um, that kind of stuff works, but then there are a lot of cases where it's like, we know this person is a man, there's 57 men on this ship. <laughs> it, yeah. So um, I feel like maybe if they had like narrowed things to the chapter a bit more, something like that, be like, these six people died in this chapter. Which one of these six people do you think it is? Like, and then each chapter. Like a way of honing in slowly instead of like where we got to at the end where we still had 50 yeah, and people like, unsolved after 10 chapters. Right. Yeah, exactly. Nate, yeah. from your perspective, like all of us have different either experiences with games, and also I believe that we all have pretty fundamental differences in how we perceive challenges and puzzles. How did you interpret the mechanics within the game? Um. Okay, I, I I'm surprised that Will wasn't into this game. Because what I expected from this description of the game... Okay, I guess I have two conflicting things. What I expected from this description of the game was you get a lot of information, and at the end you go back, and you, you would logically, in a game designed like this, I would think, you would get to the end with enough information on the whole context that you would start going back again and all the clues would be significant. And you, at that point, would have like a legal pad and you'd be doing all the notes at once. So you'd have to go through the whole game and then you'd get to the end and then you'd go back through the whole game a second time with like a new set of eyes. But the way that this game was covered, I expect so few people to be interested in that that I got kind of trapped into the expectation that this game was going to be more like a... I guess, side note, I think it's a really great way that you describe The Witness here, Will, as like the game is interested in teaching you how to solve the puzzles along the way. Whereas in... The Return of the Oberdin, it's very much just giving you data. You still have to figure all that out yourself. Um, I guess I wanted this game to be that, but I didn't think it would be just due to the premise of it. So I guess I'm interested that that we're here holding that against it when it seems like the rest of the press that covered it also must not have had that expectation. Or the other option is that there were those bits of information all the way along the way, and because we weren't paying with close enough attention... Like, because we weren't noticing the way that people were dressed the whole time through, we just, like, continued to miss little bits of evidence that, like, stacked on top of each other until by the end we were just, like, way far off from where we were supposed to be, making the remaining task much more difficult. Yeah, if we're going to start talking about, like, the fidelity of the, the clues we're presented with, you know, we have to, I have to call out that I don't think this game looked... Uh, had the graphical fidelity to support the the kind of uh, problems I think we were trying to solve. Things like um, something that should have been obvious. There was a guy getting uh, exploded by a, a giant barrel, and we're looking at the thing, and it's like a circle with a bunch of lines coming off of it, and it took us, you know, three, four minutes to be like, oh, 
that's an explosion we're looking at or you know uh in a firing line apparently there's all these bullet traces and it and not until like toward the very end where you were like oh that shows that this is the actual one guy that hit the hit like i would have had no no clue how like the the things that I would have felt good about figuring out, like, oh my god, look at the insignia on this guy's hat. That means he's from Russia, right? Like, that, you you couldn't, the, like, that level of symbology, yeah. that level of detail, like, oh, you can tell that that is a, you know, the that is a silk shirt he's wearing, so he must come from a part of the world that has access to silks, you know, so, like, that level of detail, that level of fidelity just wasn't anywhere or the 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 graphical I don't want to say quality because it wasn't a matter of quality style right uh, style yeah, yeah. presentation yeah. present yeah which, which is interesting because you could make up for all those things in audio which you would kind of expect considering the accents like do come up but right but the game doesn't really quite I, I guess I don't really know I get the sense the game didn't quite count on me to figure those things out or didn't give me enough chance to do so well and I think similar to either the audio or the visual fidelity and trying to capture within the style. One of the places that I consistently had a question on as we were going through this of what's the expectation as me as a player to have of knowledge of this world from an outside perspective? And is it expecting me to explore some of these qualities outside of the game, right? Like the journal, as Will mentioned, has people's you know title rank where they are like what position they're fulfilling on the ship right if they're a, a seaman or if they're one of the captain or if they're a mate like you know what do those things passenger. mean? yeah passenger so on and so forth and i'm not sure exactly what role a midshipman fulfills i can presume it makes some assumptions but when there's like 12 of them and there's not necessarily the same exact uniform across them. I'm like, am I supposed to know this? So when we see them in other scenes, we can help to put that together and be like, okay, all these guys are midshipmen and we can identify that or purely from within a game, right? Like no other context. Or should I be going outside and Googling and being like, okay, in the 1800s, what did people do on ships, right? There's here's 12 different roles that people fulfilled where would they be most likely to be found? And should I be utilizing that knowledge to help inform my opinion or my decision-making within the game? And I never had a clear idea of what the intention of the developer was for me to go and fulfill that, nor did we have like a clear vision in the game of like how to understand that from the game design itself, in my opinion. Yeah, for me, that was like a measure, like one of the things I often come across is like how much external guides how much external reference should we be using right almost exactly what you're saying is this game solvable with the amount of information that's being presented to me for example one of the ones that i thought was just kind of silly was the characters who were alive and the question then becomes okay well where did they go and yeah like i have no idea how uh, maybe it's in there somewhere, but even once we figured out what the the, the quote-unquote right answers were, I have no idea how you would have gotten to that inside the game. Like, 
we took a look at like where the chapters happened and what the closest thing was, but um, the 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 yeah yeah for for that it's like I don't know if it's a matter of did it, did we miss some evidence? Were we supposed to make some um, inferences based on okay, well, this part of the world is close to this or or something like that? Um, there there were a lot of cases where okay, how do I go find a hint for this game? Like, that was a, a, a problem for us as well. You know, it it's so... It's so railroaded, but also so open-ended that being able to get... <laughs> that, yeah. The, that uh, context and a little nudge. Like, if, if I, in a perfect world, I were sitting next to you, Nate, and I knew the solution to this game, and you were having trouble, I could see, say, you know... Have you looked at the, so-and-so's uniform? You know, um, did you listen to what he said in the thing? Did you listen to who he said it to in the in the conversation? Like, there's a lot of ways you could poke and prod and get people down the right path. And I want the game to do that. I, I don't want to have to have another person sitting next to me who right. knows the solution of the game have to do that for me. Absolutely. Do you both think this game... Do you think we could have solved it? Eventually, given enough time. Like, do you yeah. think all the answers were there for us to find with a reasonable amount of effort, presuming we were willing to go over every scene, let's say, one more time? But also, like, do we need to know what a midshipman or a top shipman, top salesman is? Do I need to know what the difference between the accent of somebody from Sweden versus the accent of somebody from Norway? Like, I don't know, maybe. So, can I answer your question by asking another question? Yes. So, do you think this game presented the mechanics that it offers you as tools to solve the problems in a way that is understandable? And by that, I mean the journal, the map, how to delineate who people are, like the bookmark system, what different things on pages was representative of, right? Like a page was circled, what that meant. Like, do you feel like any of those pieces were presented that you could actually come to your own conclusion and understand what that is? Or even how does like zoom in on a person, right? Like I wasn't in control of the character at any point. So maybe that's a better question for you, Nate, as far as... Craig, I'd love to say yes, yep. but we were still discovering core things like halfway through that game. <laughs> yeah. Like there's no tutorials for lack of a better term, right? There's some there's some places where it's like, hey, this is how you use your pocket watch, right? But I I felt one of our greatest misunderstandings was it gave us a bunch of tools and also did not give you an instruction manual. Either explicitly or implicitly like neither of those feel like they were fulfilled in my opinion i mean i don't want to fault it for its confidence we had enough to figure it out it it feels like the tools were well presented enough and all the information i'm very confident was in there i just didn't feel like i was the kind of player that it was working for i don't disagree that the information isn't there the question of it is like it presented in a way that you can effectively utilize that. Well, that's why I get back to being so confused that the coverage was so widely positive. 
Like I get it if like a few people who are just the right kind of like detail oriented notepad takers were like, this game's great. Like, oh, I get that totally. I mean, but we kept a notepad. Like we had an active doc going <laughs> and we were a good still, counterpoint. That's where I was like, I felt like the, the actual game was doing us no favors and helping us to utilize the systems there. And yeah, how did this go down? Halfway through, we broke and said like, hey, should we be really focusing on these details? Because we had a sense early on that it wasn't going to, I don't, I don't know how, what I would say, how to put this in words. We had, we had the growing fear that it wasn't going to spell it out for us. And because of that, we wondered, is it worth taking all these notes? And we decided, no, we're just going to push through the end and hope it all comes together naturally. And it did not. We used the guide to get like, I would say considerably more than half, right? Yeah, definitely more than half. I would say one of the challenges there, and this is a piece that I have an open question at this point, is the notes that we took were not useful in solving the challenges. And no. I am unsure of whose responsibility it is to help signpost what type of details you should be looking for. Because the yeah. details that we noted were fucking useless in capturing the the qualities of a character that would help to identify them. Which is right back to Will's point, I think. Like, the game should take a more active hand in training you if it's going to be asking you to pay attention to specific things. But the way it got covered, I'm, like, half convinced that if we had, like, pushed back, and I guess I I have this, like, this... Uh, uh, game design trust in Pope such that I'm just, I keep wanting to believe that if we had just pushed through a little bit, we would get enough of that stuff that we missed the first time that it would all start like coalescing into like a domino effect. But we just saw no evidence for that. Nate, there was a, a leg out a window <laughs> that you had to like know was there and lean into the window to see. That is true. That did happen. It's not oh. wrong. I ha but that's like the most surface level of the ways that this game is obscure. Like, like that's almost interesting by comparison to the fact that we were like taking notes that weren't the right kind of notes. But we're not talking about like an Easter egg. Uh, an entire chapter and the end of the game was hidden behind that leg. Oh yeah, that was the yeah yeah. Yeah, there's That's pretty incredible. Yeah, when we went back and looked and we're like, hey, where is this in the chapter? And they're like, hey, it's this weird thing in this room. And we went into the room and still couldn't find it until we had to get hyper specific on where that information was going to be found. What we need in this podcast, and we don't have, I'm sorry, listeners, because I'm sure anyone listening to this is frankly probably exactly this person, is someone who is extremely meticulous, detail-oriented, and into this as a job. We could even hear hints of this in the way Polly was talking about wanting to experience this game, right? When we talked to him about it. In that, I think there are people who would find all of the ways that this game obfuscates the answers as interesting and part of what makes the game cool to them. I thought Will was that person. I, that's what I thought, too. I'm a little surprised. I thought Will would find it really interesting to, like, dive in deep, but it seems like something broke your faith early such that you didn't trust that those things would be an option. Or is it kind of like what you said, where the witness, like, the game having a guiding hand and teaching you how to play the game is really what makes you think a game is a good game? Yeah, I, I, I wish I knew which one it was. Um, 
the yeah because so i'm very confident well i guess i don't have to make up this person tons of people on the internet said it was good and we put some effort into like hey why do people think this is good yeah. and it seemed to be that they well i i don't know they they thought it was like the it seemed like they thought the idea of having to use uh deductive logic i guess in this kind of way was the thing that was cool but commented less on how it's implemented right i mean before we get too far into that like one of the questions that i had after we finished it right and researching it to your point of looking for videos or looking for people's opinions or articles was one that i came across from polygon on youtube called how to enjoy Return of the Obra Dead. <laughs> we should have watched that. That's what we needed. What did you learn? And it's a beginner's guide by Polygon, so you can find it out there. But, all right, here's a couple of the bullet points that I captured, right? And I think a lot of this covers off on the activities. I love us taking notes on how to enjoy a game that we biffed. Yeah, I was like, how did we end up with a four and a half minute YouTube video? And I was like, Okay, some of the stuff we did discover throughout our playthrough, right? So one of the things was the map is vital by the end to understand the chronology of events and to help capture people. One, I would say we discovered that but never used that. Right, and I think we actually actively chose, like, fuck this. Like, there was an yeah. activity of, like, hey, we can go back and start to trace everyone's steps. And we're like, that sounds terrible. Um you can note the rank of a person in the journal, but you don't have to know the name to do this. Did we do that with anyone? Ah, uh, that's interesting. Yeah, because th those were at the top of the list of people, right? The there ranks. were a couple of like oh, unknown sailor or oh, that's what yeah. that meant. Okay, yeah, because they were like unknown quite... top man or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I wish that had been presented slightly different in the interface. That, but that was one piece. We did that use that was, in the last couple chapters. That was definitely a place that I was like, I don't think I recognized what was happening in the UI for that. But they're like, yeah. hey, if you see all these people and you think, cool, all of these people are midshipmen, like at least mark all of them in a journal as midshipmen. And then something later might cue you in. Um, There's two other smaller ones, which was, they said recognize and use the bookmark system to flip through and look for subtle clues about people. And I was like, the bookmark system? What's the bookmark we didn't system? Use that. And also, y'all's faith in this game failed long before we would have gotten to that point. But I guess maybe this would have helped. Yeah. So the bookmark system allows you to like bookmark certain pages of a character's art so you can easily flip through it. So you can like hop what? through their interactions with the world and be like okay i i know where this person showed up and i can hop between all of the different areas they showed up and that's look really at fascinating clues. i was like but the only time that would have been relevant is m like my kind of vision of how this game goes right where at the end you have everything and now you're like reinspecting. you yeah. know what i mean you're not going to use the bookmark system like mid game you're building that up the whole game in order to then go back and re yeah i mean that makes sense but we uh, i mean I don't, I don't think, think that we figure that. out how to do it. I, I thought I I had spoke, told you guys at once at one point that I thought that was what was supposed to, something similar to that was what was supposed to happen. Um, but by the time we got to the end, we were like, oh, we just have to like figure out which chapter goes to which, and then watch all of these chapters and 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 figure out where on the sh boat each of those chapters started. Like 
it it just seemed so painful the way we were doing it. Yeah. Um, I was that, like, that, that was one of the little it, ones? That was one of the little ones. The other little one what? was <laughs> um, if pages had like the title circled on them, that it meant that there was probably an undiscovered death within that area still. So we Bro. hadn't discovered oh, everyone what? that was dead. Yeah. Bro, what? <laughs> we definitely could not have figured that one out. So that's How? one of the places where I'm like, was the game tutorial? has a responsibility to like, I, three of us watching the game all didn't pick not, up on that. Zero percent. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. um, and then the big piece here Is was, it? oh, go oh, ahead. God, that was a little one. That was a little one, buddy. The big one is like Lucas Pope will personally appear and give you hints right. via a <laughs> 1990s phone line. Ask if you press F12 eight times in a row. Oh, man. If only. I mean, he does live and work in Japan, so, you know. Um, but <laughs> I think that, okay. Uh, I'm sure you didn't get someone from Japan when you called in the 90s, although I never did that. Did you guys? No. Fuck, this is the opening questioning we we, just all, we all deserve. Yeah, okay, right. Uh, I was you like, like, I want to know your Nintendo power history, or if you collected all <laughs> the game pros and lined up the spines, so you could get a dope image. Anyways, um, the map... An observation of what was in the rooms is one of the most useful keys for identifying. So you capture what... We used that once. So use throughout the game, right? So you understand what were in the rooms and then capture what were people wearing and later chapters that would tie them back to the room so you can look at the map and see who or at least what type of person they were and be we, like, okay. We tried to be clever Bruh, about that once. I need a drink. <laughs> we tried to be clever about that once where there was a chapter where we were like, like this character necklace? is th this character is in this chapter, but we can't find the character and there's a bunch of people sleeping in cots. Right. And we know who or we can figure out who the people sleeping in cots are and but man, that talk about painful. So it really was like tying into once you understand where people are and you can follow them through like their tracking on the map, you can tell like, oh, they came from this room. So this room has people that are wearing this style of clothing and this style of clothing is indicative of a midshipman. And if you use all of those pieces together, you can start to put it together. And I was like, I'm going to flip a table. Like I'm, I don't. I, oh, I was going to read the room, but now it's a little more meta or non-subtextual. Why does everyone in the room hate that idea? Why isn't that cool to us? Why are we all like, fuck that? Because the UI doesn't support the idea that I could track a shirt to me. To me, it's like four levels of obfuscation that isn't surfaced in a way that you should be paying attention to, right? Like, and maybe this was just how maybe group things started happening here, right? We started to pay very close attention to who the characters were as opposed to what the world was saying. And I think maybe that led us astray. Like, that's a charitable interpretation of, like... I, to be fair, I stopped looking at the external ship as a character, and maybe that was a misinterpretation. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, like, even when I tried to do it, right? Because we were like, oh, man, look, all these numbers on these cots, they match up with that did um, feel good, the numbers the in the book. And I was like, yeah, that's really cool. And it didn't pay off at all. <laughs> I think we identified like one or two people, right? Yeah. Um, 
Knowing us, those are the ones we got wrong. There were so many by the end that we had identified that we were pretty sure about that were just not right. That's also true. The other piece of that that will that I think ties back into Will's earlier point, though, right? Of we're like, oh, we got it. We understand the cots can help us detect who someone is, right? I think we even talked about in one of the areas of we need to tie people back to a room, but we didn't have Mason for or the yeah. Or maybe one of the chefs or something. I don't know. Um, we didn't have enough success doing that to reinforce our behavior that we should continue down that path. Exactly. What we needed at some point was, if you wanted to tell us that this guy can grab some clothes in this room and walk to another room, you needed like somebody grabbing a coat or you know, somebody saying, hey... Bring that over, you know. Put like, your uniform it, on. Yeah, exactly. Really needed to be called out. So I have two theories about things that might have extremely torpedoed our playing. I'd like to hear you guys' thinking about this. So I know one of the things we did was you started this game before and then restarted it theoretically from the scratch when we started together. Yeah, we did not uh, start is, from existing save. Is there any possibility that there was some tutorial that you like went through three years ago that because the game had already gone through that once didn't happen again for us? It's certainly possible, but this game did give us a tutorial, you remember? It did. It was like, hey, this is how you use the map. Um, Or this is a couple of the pieces there. But there was definitely components. When we came back into it, for fair acknowledgement, I had looked at things ahead of time of like, you know, a beginner's guide to Oberden, just to understand if there was something that we should be aware of heading into it. And like zooming in on a character was something we didn't do before, right? Of, I think it's like you hold E when someone is on the map and it like highlights where they are in the picture that it goes back to. But that was never tutorialized the first time nor the second time. Yeah. Okay. So seems like that's probably not it. Another thing that I think about, like I showed my girlfriend's kids the Matrix and they didn't think anything about it because all the cool shit that was mind-blowing at the time had been replayed and used and and called out and referenced in all kinds of other media. So, if anything, it looked derivative when they watched it. Um, is there any possibility that something like that happened to us where... Um, things that should have seemed like, oh, wow, I can't believe they did that here. For example, the art style has just been overused at this point. And so us going back to this and some of the things that we should have thought, wow, this is really cool and should have hooked us are things that just because we came back to it didn't survive the test of time. Craig, you first, because I have thoughts, but they're going to lead to an accusation. No, it's a good question. I was trying to think of, as you brought that up, I was like, Uber Din, even though it came out four years ago, 
doesn't feel like a lot of modern games have taken a ton of their sensibilities from this. So I was trying to... No, I don't to, think anyone took a stab at this one. No, I mean, maybe some different aspects of it, right? Like, there might be either puzzle moments or giving more credence to the player's ability to deduce or determine their own next steps. Like, I think some of that player freedom and agency has been given over in subsequent years, but I'm trying, I like, I'm really struggling to think about future games that have cribbed the Oberden and have given us similar experiences that we could be like, oh, this clearly takes from the Oberden, right? And so, oh, yeah, so I, I think, no, no, I think that's just like the hardest part. And I would ignore the visual style altogether. I'm just purely trying to think about from a mechanical standpoint of other games that I've played that are within that same framework. So to kind of put you in the mindset, other games that came out at that time are uh, Spider-Man, the first one. I hate, I hate this segment, by the way. Celeste. In, in that I always feel old. Into the Breach. Nino Kuni 2. Tetris Effect. Donut County, um, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Uh, God, this was really an outlander, like, at this point. End of the Breach, maybe. Moon, Moonlighter. Um, yeah, so that's kind of what the the state of games was at the time. Frostpunk. Um, oh, okay. So if you think... That was the kinds of 2018. Games, yeah. You think the games that came around after that? Like, I don't... Like, I'm trying to give it the best uh, chance of being possible, right? But I can't think of anything that's, like, come along that has made that seem less um, amazing. Right. I, I don't know. Outer Wilds. Nope, I have heard of that one. Yeah, I was like, that's like close to a game that I can think of that inspired a sense of discovery and the need to come to your own conclusions about different ideology, but I also feel like it, it's just better. Woo! <laughs> so I Future have podcast incoming? That, that, well, I'll believe it when I see it, you fucks. Um... I have this also. I need to finish the DLC. Uh, I have the sense that I'm just a sweet, innocent boy that follows the stronger moods of the people around me. We all know that. I have the sense that halfway through this game, y'all decided that it sucked and checked out, and that, and a better way to say that is the faith was lost. Whereas I was really struck and impressed deeply by the like artistic achievements here. I think this is a great game. It's just not a game I wanted to play. But it didn't feel like y'all, it became a game you didn't want to play. And I guess I'm curious about that. I feel like the, the, art, the art style, jumping back for a second, might have been one of those things that yeah. um, was more unique at the time. Like nowadays... Use that shader. You can throw that shader on a bunch of different things. It doesn't really seem 
it, it seems gimmicky when we went back and looked at it. Maybe it seemed more novel at the time. Interesting. Given, given it the uh, benefit of the doubt. Yeah. I had a lot of respect As, for, like, being that art style and knowing that one person developed the game, I was like, that probably took a lot of fucking work. I I love the one-bit aesthetic. The only other game I can think of that uses it is Minute. What I don't know what... What who else is doing one bit art out there? Let alone in 3D. I think that's pretty crazy. You didn't have to animate any characters and makes it easier. Which segues me into some stuff I learned from reading about this game. If if we're okay, kind of letting these questions float out there, unless y'all have anything. Uh, uh, I I do want to respond. Yeah. Accept yeah, okay. responsibility, and that you are right that. I I definitely checked out halfway through. There there was definitely a point we played over three or four play session, sessions where it, I d- didn't care if you guys continued without me. We got to a point by the time we all got there, like I just and you were like, oh, let's see the ending, and I really couldn't have cared at that point either. You're like, I'm gonna um, walk the dog. <laughs> yeah. So I I I think that I legitimately gave this an honest effort i was like at one point i was like stop nate go back 15 degrees to the left look up under there what's the number over there how does that uh, apply to this other thing quick craig take a note he said we instead of i that means you know like i was really trying to get into it and uh like craig said i don't think it paid me back the effort that i think that i put into the game i i didn't it it didn't um it didn't give me as much as i gave it that's super interesting because i think that that answers my question yeah is that you were thinking that the game should pay you back for the work whereas i was thinking that the design of the game was to make the player do the work and, and maybe I'd... i end up in the middle of these two places where i feel like the game didn't respect me right like I'm fine doing the work. Like, it's not my preferred mechanism of how I want to play a game, right? Like, I, I work a bunch of hours elsewhere to do work. Um, but coming into Overden, and you're not wrong, right? I also checked out. And that moment didn't come until at least five hours into our like legitimate gameplay time, right? Like not just hanging out, but like actual five hours of playing the game. And I think if you look at how long to beat, like it was in like the 10 to 15 hour range. So I'm like, we're at least a third of the way through this at maybe even halfway through it. And it was at that point where I was still unsure what the language of the game was and unsure how to proceed forward is where I checked out where I was like, We've given it a good faith effort. We've done the journaling. We've done a lot of different activities here. We've navigated the actual journal in the game. We've tried to come up and deduce different solutions here. We've continued to push forward in thinking that, oh, that next step is going to give us information that allows us to backport our knowledge and uh, and fill in previous information. And then when when we kept taking that next step and it never got rewarded at a certain point, like I'm going to stop believing that the next step is going to be the one that's going to unlock it. And 
for whatever I, reason. I think five another or six way, hours then it just fell off. I think another way they could have tuned this game to try and like drive that better would have been the way we were told we were on the right track. So I'm not sure if I mentioned it before, but the only feedback you got in this game is if you correctly guessed both the name and cause of death by three people in theory or, you know, the commonly believed theory is that so you don't just go through and guess this person, this person, this person, you try 15 times and then, oh, I got it and, and then move on, right? So you do have to be fairly confident about uh, your guesses, right? If that system, um, like maybe they build up to three people, like maybe in the first chapter, it's just one, right? Or um, maybe they throw up a warning or, it, you know, you have a tooltip that says, hey, this isn't right, but maybe if you go check chapter two, th- this is a good place to go figure this kind of information out. Like, there are ways this game could have helped us learn what it wanted to teach us without giving us the answer. But I, I didn't yeah. feel like that was part of the game or it was yeah, like a f- presented like a to us of the game. Totally. Like a few characters that that the game could tell you, like, hey, the answer to this is in chapter two. Can I add to one piece that Will said there? Yeah, please. So one of the components that I would like to actually give praise to the game is I agree that there could have been some sort of like ramp up period to how many people you need to solve. But from someone self-admittedly that doesn't play a lot of these style of games, right? These kind of detective um, or deduction games. The fact that he found a way to empower the player to make guesses about who people were without allowing them to brute force the solution, I thought was like actually pretty fucking like brilliant from a a design mechanic, right? Like there's a lot of solutions there. A lot of the solutions I don't think ever actually get used. So there's like a lot of places where it's like, is this even a possibility? Is this, could this happen to someone? Did I miss something in the scene? Like that, it kind of sows doubt in yourself, which for better and for worse gives you a place of like, wait, did someone die in some other way that I didn't see? Like, I've never even seen this. But having to identify how they died, who did it, and then who they are, and then not get an instantaneous thing. So you can't literally just run through the list of characters with the list of deaths. Like, there's so many different levers that were being pulled there that forced you to be like i have to be pretty confident on most of these to occur whether you needed that to be three characters all needed to be exactly right and no indication of if you were even on the right pathway is like something i think is up to debate right like could you give some evidence of like yeah you got the death right like you he did get stabbed like you're correct there right like could they have locked Dude. those in earlier? I think could have been a benefit also of like, oh. Yeah, and we keep saying three and, and everyone, and, you know, as we were playing, we kept saying three, but really we're talking at basically nine points of data all have to be correct, right? You have to know the full name. You yep. have to know how they died. And for most of those causes, what caused that? So if they were stabbed, who stabbed them? Or, you know, what kind of monster 
tore them to pieces. Like, so we're not, it, yeah, it's not just three. It's actually closer to nine, you know, probably seven or eight on average, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say this in my conclusion, but I think everything we disliked about it is something that I respect the game for doing. There's someone out there for whom all this work is just the thing they want in a game. And this game never really bent over to try to be like anything other than that. And that's cool, I guess. Is so, this the Dark Souls of puzzle games? <laughs> the Dark Souls of detective games? Speaking of which, Game Maker's Toolkit, our friend Sweet Mark Brown, Sweet told Mark me Brown. very good that Oberdin, and I was delighted that you brought this up earlier, and I totally missed finding the improv segue, that Oberdin is most similar to her story in that it's highly contrived. Like, this is not realistic in any way. Nor is her story. There would never be a computer system. Like, no detective would ever have gone in there and clipped up all the clips and then removed all the clips. Like, that's just not a thing that ever would happen. Yeah. And because of that, his claim is that it moves it more towards actually being what you kind of want a Sherlock game to be, as opposed to what games like L.A. Noir are, trying to be detective stories, and end up being more like a Watson game. In that, because the scope of L.A. Noir is so large... What L.A. Noir has to do from a game design perspective is narrow things down to a bunch of constrained, essentially like three-way choices, right? And so it means that you're much able, much less able to use deductive reasoning in a game that's more, more quote-unquote ambitious in the detective realm, like L.A. Noir again. He had some other examples as well, but like the point was by by the design and the like idea of Oberdin being so contrived. As in, there would never be a magic pocket watch that shows you the last moments before death that's like, not even in a magic world, is that even reasonable? You get a more interesting game that opens itself up to a more like labyrinthine and challenging type of deduction. And I thought that, that was a really interesting, like framing it as a direct relationship between contrivance and deductive space, I thought was really interesting. Um, and it's cool, but it might also be interesting to ask why didn't her story feel like work to us i i don't know that it didn't uh her story definitely there was for me there was a lot of writing things down trying to keep track of the story trying to figure out things by some obscure methods it just seemed that you know the the interface was always there always in front of you um like, you knew exactly what you could do to interface with the system and what things may or may not be important. It was all right in front of you. Um, oh, and I, I don't think that was true of this game. Yeah, I think to that point, right? Like, we got to the previous part of it, which was we never, in our playthrough, I don't think any of us ever had clarity on knowing what we should be looking for, where I think her story points you clearly in the direction of like what you should be looking for, right? And it also constrains you into what you can see and type and things of that nature, right? Like there's just kind of a greater level of um, control over what that experience looks like. Do you think there was less game to her story? So the the game that was there, you were able to digest quickly and just get into the, like, putting the clips in order? I think that's one component. When I think about it also, like, a lot of people say, like, the story of Return of the Oberdin, right? And when I say people, I mean, like, reviewers and things of that nature, like, oh, the narrative was the gripping part that 
poured me like pulled me through the discovery and i'm like i have no idea what the actual story of oberden was like some sea monster fucking wreck shop and also other places but like i i never used that as my tether to want to understand they They, found pandora's box right isn't that what the mermaids were like or a couple of them great question sure i i i think that's the point of the story but you're right even knowing that and thinking that's really cool that was absolutely not what pulled me through it yeah it was like there was like mermaids spider crabs a kraken like all these other pieces and like not at any one of those points was i thinking about oh i really want to know what's going to happen to the character i really want to solve like how they got to this point or what happened it was just like oh there's a bunch of monsters attacking and like i think yeah i think by it being the scale of the whole ship you can't really personalize that like the most personal you could get is like, what did this boat find and what was it carrying that prompted right. so many mythical creatures attacking? Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, it just, I didn't feel like, it didn't feel like this world. It just felt like a world where there's monsters everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. I I mean, I don't know that another boat in this same world wouldn't have had as many monsters. It didn't seem like... These guys saw mermaids and didn't freak the fuck out. They just kind of continued on sailing until they found the spider half men, half spider people. And, you know, while they went ahead and tried to kill those guys, it it wasn't like a... uh, Did you guys see any, like, people suffering from PTSD in the corner? Like... Well, yeah, there were literally like people curled on the floor at times, right? And those, again, those things kind of make sense when you realize they have Pandora's box, but like you kind of have to do a little work to be in the mode of even thinking about the story when we were so confused all the way along. Yeah. Like, like only now that I'm prompted to think about it, is that really clicking? And, and yeah. that's the whole story was presented backward and in chunks and in chunks backwards. It's yeah. Like, and in, yeah, in chunks. Not in chronological order backwards. So you started at what, like chapter seven or eight, I think was when like the game starts. And then you navigate your way through. Like I started reading the plot on Wikipedia as you guys were talking. And I'm like, the fuck are they talking? (laughs) Oh, great. We need to do another Bastion podcast. Will you be our Matt Sasu? Tell me, read me the plot of the Overdin from Wikipedia. I, I'll read one subsection of this, which said, uh, you know, it launched with a number of people, to your point, an exquisite treasure chest, calamity struck. But then it said the Oberden circled around and returned to England due to the increasing number of deaths. As they started the return, the mermaids caused a terrible storm to strike and a pair of sea demons mounted on giant spider crabs boarded the ship intent on reaching the lazarette to liberate the mermaids killing more of the crew before being put down. Shortly after dispelling the first result, the ship was attacked by a kraken, killing more cumin and it and the captain's wife. The captain went to the lazarette and threatened to kill all the mermaids in hope of ending the attack. I don't remember any of this fucking shit. Um, he executed two of the mermaids before the final one called off the kraken. The shells and the surviving mermaid were then tossed overboard by one of the captain's mates. The mermaid agreeing to guide the ship back to England. 
The surviving passengers and some of the crew decided to abandon the Oberdan and make their way to the western coast of Africa. We did find that. Evans, knowing that the East India Company will investigate the ship via the momentum mortem, purposely killed his pet monkey inside the locked lazarette and kept its paw for safekeeping before leaving with the others. The three think- remaining crewmen turned on the captain, wanted to reclaim the chest and shells as compensation for their hardships, not knowing they were already thrown overboard. The captain th- killed the mutineers and the next his wife body killed himself. Like, I think we could have figured all that out. I think I just went from somewhere between like not caring and <laughs> mild dislike to actively hating this game now. Oh what no. The f- fuck what? Oh no. <gasps> oh man. My sweet little heart. And that's not even including the epilogue, which then gets into the actual monkey's paw. Like, all right. I love the... Okay, wait, no, I'll bite. What happens in the epilogue? I mean, it just says several years later, then insurance inspector is able to catalog all the deaths on the ship, as we did. Except those within the locked lazarette. After the inspector leaves the ship, the fierce storm rolls and and the Oberden sinks. The completed logbook is mailed back to Evans, and an insurance report is written, compensating or finding the estates of less crewmen, depending on their conduct. A year later, Evans mails the book back to the inspector, along with a monkey paw, allowing them to use the memento mortem to discover what happened in the lazaret and to complete the story. I like the way it ended. I can imagine if we'd solved the game the way it was intended, that would have been really cool. Although I don't know how I feel about, like, it literally letting, like, you ending the game knowing that there was a chapter missing, that kind of is weird. Yeah, it's like, oh, I mean, I guess we like go it's to... Like, it's interesting, but it's weird. We also go to, like, concerts, right? And you don't go to a concert and then have the last song play and not expect there to be an encore. So, like, calling That's it out... an interesting comparison. Yeah, yeah it doesn't... That is, that is stupid. Doesn't actually feel all that disrespectful to the player. So, an, a, a good example of what I think, um, Half-Life 2 is a game where <laughs> you can play the game and okay. enjoy what's going on, see some story, get an idea of what's going on, and finish the game and feel good about what you played. You can also look through the news articles, look at the backstories look at things that are happening like way in the background you can figure out what the state of the world is how um like in half-life 2 um there's a whole uh part of the plot where the earth has a sterilization field and people are becoming suicidal because they can't have children and like there's a whole extra part of the world building and things that are going on that help you explain or that like tell the story in a, in a bigger, deeper way and figuring that stuff off is, is cool. This game feels like you just did the background stuff and didn't do any of the fun foreground stuff. Sassy. I think I, I accept that. That seems, I think we would have gotten this story pretty fluently if we'd done the work to get all the mysteries. But I see what you mean in that none of that was easy and fun. The The work was the whole game. 
it, it wasn't like the work was a bonus cool thing. Did you? Oh, man. Now I'm thinking of Memento. Memento? Memento. Memento. Memento Mori? Memento. The movie? You yeah. guys are familiar? Uh-huh. I am. Sweet Christopher Nolan? Um, the movie is interesting, and then uh, the DVD has a chronological recut. Have you ever seen that? I have not I have watched not, that, actually. but I've heard about it. Interesting. It, it, it's similar to like what you were talking about earlier. Once you they do the once you see the movie chronologically, you you realize, oh, there's a bunch of shit that happens that only makes sense. You wouldn't actually show in a movie so that they can show you the same scene multiple times, um, like uh, contrived. Oh, now, now I'm thinking contrived because it's out of order. Like the whole turning the boat around. Like you could have done this whole story without needing to turn the boat around. Now we're getting into what I've been thinking about learning about Homestuck. Let's not even bother going there. Um, oh, I was going to imagine the recut of Quantic Dream game. Uh, oh, uh, Beyond Two Souls? Yeah, Beyond Two Souls being recutted to the chronological I was really order. angry about that at the time. I was like, that made no sense. But in retrospect, I think it was because I felt like it was work to understand it, which I guess ties into this. And now you're like, I respect that. Well, maybe. <laughs> I think, well, we can get to some, I think, my synthesis in our conclusion, which I think we're drawing near to here. But originally, his vision of this was more like what remains of Edith Finch, where you would replay all the deaths and piece together the story that way. That but sounds way better. Game design constraints came knocking. That's actually... yeah. Wait, well, did... he says there was more of a puzzle mechanic where you would see the dead body, you'd have some context for how they died, and you'd be snapped back to one minute before they died, and you'd need to reproduce what happened to them. There was more of a core puzzle aspect to it, but I realized that was way too much work. That sounds awesome. It does sound like a game for more of a team as opposed to one dude. Yeah, absolutely. But it does sound cool. And it's, to be fair, you should come out a year and a half before, so there's probably some reference there. Yeah. Hmm. I'm ready to wrap up. Do we have any more? Do we want to just have an all-out grievance session where we just complain for five minutes? I feel like I've aired all my grievances throughout the... Yeah, it's been my last hour and a half. Given the positive reception of the game, given where this game kind of sits, like, is there anything that we want to present as far as what our positive takeaways are from this experience before we get into the wrap-up? Okay. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm going to offer all the things I really liked about it and see if you guys connect with any of them. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, For me, I thought, I think in gaming over the years, it becomes clear I'm an art-first kind of guy. And I think the presentation of this game and the confidence and the way it looks and how like tied up into its artistic vision and committed to it is really inspired me. And I thought it was a treat to watch and hear and experience. And I know up front that I'm not the person who wants to do a bunch of work to enjoy the art of a game. Uh, and I, I was excited to play with you too, because I was hoping that that work would, I think it was a mistake in my mind to think that that's what you guys think is fun about games. I think that's just kind of a result of the way I characterize myself playing games that I'm unusual for really being there for the art primarily. Um, but I totally see and agree with everything you're saying about not wanting to do the work. I just thought that I had kind of a get out of jail free pass with you too. <laughs> um, 
But to me, this is like a, a pretty singular work. I think for the right kind of person that doesn't mind that work or thinks it's fun, who thinks this kind of puzzle solving and deductive reasoning is fun, this game would be great. And I guess I'm just really surprised at the end of the day that that was so many reviewers. Um, I, I, I guess I want to call out one of the things. You, you keep saying, like, you're almost implying that that this is a lack of effort. And I don't know that I think that's true. Yes, I agree. Well, I was like, I feel like neither of us bounced off it because we didn't want to do the work. In my perception, both of us bounced off it because the the work after multiple hours was not engendering a good faith effort to continue the work. If if there was if I was continuing to make progress and it was just a painful progress that I was making, then yeah, I guess I could have kept at it. And I, you know, if I were doing this on my own and not didn't have you guys sitting over my shoulders, like I could have forced myself through something like that. When you get to a point where you're just like, is the next step of the work Google the history of of um people from malaysia like i it doesn't feel like it, it doesn't feel like a lack of effort to me is what i'm i guess i'm trying to get at yeah i appreciate that i think that's a really good clarification i think for me it seemed pretty clear that the that what i'm calling the work was going to be when we got to the end and had to go back and start doing everything over um but I think you're totally right and fair to want that work to be spread out around the game instead of just like, like, I guess to me, um, progressing the narrative to the end, because we were making progress the whole game, right? We were understanding this, the narrative events and like the order of things. I loosely, like to my understanding, I guess the hard part for me is that there's 60 characters that we need to understand who they were and how they died. Right. And by the time we were at you know, the ninth chapter that we could unlock, I think we had solved the murder of what, like nine people out of 60. And the thing that you brought up as far as going back at the end and us being like, Oh, we could go back and actually fill this out. Like I still didn't have clear line of sight of how we would even go and do that, which is what like made me bounce off it where I didn't think, oh, all right, we can start figuring out the timeline and maybe that will help. But I didn't have confidence that would actually help us discover who was being killed or how or their identities because, to Will's point, I didn't have the tools in the chest to understand what the game was asking of me, even at that point, uh, 10 hours in. Yeah, I think this bookmark feature may really have been the key. Like... With that bookmark feature, I might have felt better about, as you say, doing the work. Because I could look at a bookmark, see where the character is. I say, okay, I don't know who this character is, but I see all the times they showed up. Let me go walk through all the times they showed up, where they went, right? Like, that feels like uh, a reasonable amount of work to do. What we thought we had to do was, 
okay, I see this character. We know he's in here. Here's the next scene. Now let's go into the next scene. Is he in this? Or So first of all, let me walk around the ship until I can find the next scene, go into this scene, see is this character in this scene? Okay, he is in this scene. Where is he? Now walk around the boat again until I figure out where he is in this scene. And now I've done the second of eight parts, right? Like, that seemed... Uh, uh, un unreasonable? Yeah, I think those are really good points. I think when I was listening to what you were just saying and reflect on my actual, where my thoughts are coming from, I'm giving the game a lot of good faith that there was some way we could have gone back, and maybe it was the bookmark feature, but that would have sucked, that we could have gone back. That I say that would have sucked because we just wouldn't have figured that out, probably. Um, I, I'm basing that positively on a good faith view of the game, that we would have figured something out to make things kind of fall together. When I think about the actual reality of the game, though, I didn't want to go back and figure it out. I wanted to just know, I just wanted it over. And it was interesting because when we looked up answers, I I didn't even feel things click into place at that point either. I was like, I didn't know any of these. And we were wrong about the ones that I thought we were definitely right on. That was a that was a large problem for me in retrospect, actually, was the ones that we were like, there's a couple that we were rock solid that were like, yeah. yeah, we got this. Like, this is exactly who this is. This is how he died. This is how this happened. And then it's like, no, that's wrong. And that's where I was like, okay, now that we have that information, like I, my confidence is even less that your point going back and being like, let's go through the timeline and start to figure out who all these people are. Like all of that, unfortunately shattered for me within that moment where I was like, I don't think I still know what the tools are to actually understand who all these people are. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I think kind of forcing myself to admit that uh, makes me think a lot less of the game. Um, so after now I'm sad. Yeah. <laughs> An hour and a half but, in. <laughs> but thank you for an hour and a half of like forcing me to be like, oh yeah, this actually sucked. <laughs> I guess I should clarify. Oh, man. When I say I have a hate for this game, it's I have a hate for the story of this game. And okay. I still just mildly dislike the game. <laughs> That's interesting. I think the story is cool if the game sucked. Hmm. You got nothing? I mean... You're just going to let me look like an idiot being like, the game was great. Wait, I hated it. I mean, if you want to get into the wrap-up, then we can get into that. But, like, from that, I feel like I can't answer that question without, like, a wrap-up of the entire experience of the game. That was my wrap-up. Oh. Oh, well, where's your score, then? Yeah. That's why I got all sad at the end. I was trying to avoid having to score it. This is a... A 7 out of 10, which is a 5 out of 10, plus 2 for an art style I loved. That's fair. Because you really like the one bit, like, aesthetic? Um, I loved all things about the way it was presented. The one bit, the sound, the, like, voice clips. It, it does not escape my attention that this is a game designed by scope limitations, and I really think that's cool. Like, he, he had a thing he wanted to do, and that's neat. It's scope limitations by choice also, right? Like, Lucas Polk has an of course. incredibly, yeah, 
successful. So like if he wanted to hire a team, I don't think that that's a, a stretch or to get a publisher to back him. Right. No, but I, I, mm-hmm. I think if we were okay. talking about a boat with 20 people, this game would have worked great. I, I don't disagree that's with that. That's a really good point. Actually. I like that. Yeah. Or three boats of 20 people. Yeah. Uh, my final thoughts, uh, I don't feel qualified to rate it as I didn't actually touch it myself, watch Nate play the whole thing. Um, I think we got a pretty good idea that I'm not over the moon with it. I guess I didn't appreciate that it was one person uh, doing this. I feel a little bit like I was expecting too much knowing that now. Um, that said, I, I think, yeah, I just think it was... Like I was just saying, I think it's an overreach. Could have been better optimized in a bunch of ways. Could have had difficulty slider to to make things work better for people who weren't ready to put up with that same level of difficulty. You know, Dark Souls style. We're not not, not Dark Souls style, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I... It's a... Uh, it's an in- interesting idea. Sounds great in theory didn't enjoy playing it. The scope is very interesting. Like, that's lingering with me now, right? Like, if there was 20 or 30 people were trying to discover, because there was also a moment where I definitely thought about, there's 60 people. Like, this is not an insubstantial number, and I do feel like there was a level of discouragement as we continue to progress through and we had nine we have like like, ten yeah nine at the end talk man um where do we go from here anyway my final thoughts it oscillates right like the the respect i have for lucas pope as an auteur and as a creator is not to be understated here, right? Like, I actually, I I respect the art style and I have, like, a great appreciation for it. Um, I don't think it worked as well within the context of this game and what it was trying to present, especially if you're trying to use logical or deductive reasoning to try and understand who people are or what place they have within this world, then I think, Within that context, specificity becomes clear. But clearly he designed this world to work within this art style, right? It's not like it was within a vacuum where someone was doing the art style and he was doing the design or something else. So his knowledge of how this, uh, how the interaction would take place existed within the constraints of that. Um, that all said... The greatest challenge that I had throughout this was the teaching moments of the language of the game that he wanted to display and to give to the audience is the place where I continue to have the greatest challenge. The Witness is the best example that I have as another singular auteur that has come up with a language and a design and a system of understanding that gives you a greater appreciation for not only the world, but how to interact with it. And ultimately, Return of the Oberdin set on a single single ship with a single focus to understand a specific activity or audience or different type of um, 
interaction that people have had with one another. And that scope limited those kind of pieces or components of interaction, right? Within that, not being able to understand or as a player have the ability to comprehend where our focus should be you know, placed and also what we should be paying attention to and how do we use that to aid our progression within the story is like the greatest failure to me. And that's the piece that I continue to come back to where if I were to play this solo, I don't think I would have been able to progress as far as we ended up going, but working together and still kind of being like, all right, let's really try and put an earnest effort for this and still bouncing off is the piece of loose me lingering and being like, is there something wrong with me? Like, did I miss something? Like, what happened here? Like, how did the world continue to praise this game and think about it as a masterpiece of modern-day puzzle mechanics and us, all three of us, be like, how did this not work? And from that perspective, that's the piece that, like, I leave it, right? That's the piece that I exit it with, of where did that myth, kind of occur and then was there anything that could have been changed to transition that into a better experience and i honestly don't know coming into it twice having the experience of being able to play it multiple times and still coming away and bouncing off of the same place leaves me in a kind of a state of awe of like all right maybe this is meant for a specific person and for that audience, like I have great respect for it, that it does exist in there and that there is people that have found joy. Like this is a place where community and the opportunity of other people to share their experience gives me a greater appreciation that there is the ability for people to understand it from that context. But for me, man, like it just, it never hit. I'm glad I can say I experienced it, but like it will not go down in a lexicon of masterpieces within gaming that I've looked back on in 10 years, much like some other puzzle games may. It's pretty intriguing to me that of all the games we've covered, 60-something now, this is the one that seems the least likely for each and all of us to have finished without the podcast forcing us to do so. And that's absolutely true. There is one question that I did have from the earlier part of the podcast that we never brought up, which is not, do you think it'll be better as a racing game, which I was tempted to ask, but (laughs) that was on my mind too. If we each played it from an interactive perspective on our own, as opposed to through the lens of Nate, would it have been a different experience? If I had um, meth or Adderall and I didn't have you guys, I think I would have had a great time with this game. Oh, and like an uninterrupted day. Why is that? God, I don't know. Why? Yeah. Because I still do believe there is a version of me that could have played the game on its terms. And I think it would have been really rewarding, even maybe if because it's badly designed, I think it would have been rewarding to figure it out. I mean, that's another thing. We could get real spicy and say, like, these people are happy to solve it because it was, like, not perfectly designed to guide them there. And they had to do the work, which could be bad game design, but more rewarding for them. I don't know. 
hence the drugs. Well, do you think you would have experienced it differently? Uh, I really struggle. Um, I, I do know that, you know, being able to touch it myself definitely uh, leads to part of my enjoyment in games in general. But I, I, as I'm getting older, I feel less and less, um, not just getting older, but I know that there are so many other interesting games out there that I want to play, want to enjoy, want to be spending my time on that th th there just wasn't, I, I did I don't, I, I find a hard time imagining the parts of this game that would have leapt out and encouraged me to keep playing. Fair. What about you, Craig? I don't know. I did think about that a few of the times while watching you of like, would my direct interaction would have, like, could that have led to a meaningful experience and, or a change in that experience? Ultimately, I don't think so. Like, Watching the beginner's guide before we did this podcast or the the guide on like how to enjoy the game, I was like, none of the things that they brought up there were things that I would have discovered if I were at the controls, right? Like the way that I interpreted the world did wouldn't have changed if that were the case. Well, this came up a couple times, right? You guys were like, is this good to play? Yeah. <laughs> I think that'll about do it for us here on this big bummer note. Yeah, I was gonna say I didn't I didn't think we had like over an hour and a half of content to talk about with this game, and yet here we are. We're all sad. We are. Time I wanted to love this. Be four minutes long. Yeah, right. Like guess what? Fuck this game. Whoa, there's <laughs> the post credits bit. Uh supposed credits yeah. conversation. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I think this is probably mostly for you, Craig. Okay. But um, I am struggling a bit, particularly for this game, when I'm like, I want to compare this game a ton to The Witness, but yeah. I feel really Ooh. bad because I also think The Witness is the best game ever made, so it seems like <laughs> a really rough comparison. <laughs> I think her story is a much better... Well, yeah, I... What's Craig's take? I'm, I mean, I'm glad I saw her story referenced by other people because it did give me like another context to try and establish against. But also, yes, well, to, to your point, um, The Witness is my favorite puzzle game I've ever played and the only puzzle game I think I've ever like truly enjoyed and felt like I got. I wish I could have asked you guys, like, I don't think puzzle games are supposed to be fun. I think The Witness is just such a fucking good game that it is also fun. I... Like, like did you think the Talos Principle was fun? Uh, in aspects, yeah, sure. Yeah. Man, this, this is a great post-credits combo because, in my view, puzzle games are supposed to be work, and sometimes they can feel good. Oh, man. No I think way. when they're at their best, and... it's both. Yeah, I, th it's I think the... what people like about the puzzles is what I think of as work, the deductive reasoning. The deductive reasoning isn't what a game spells out for you or makes fun. It's the, it's the, oh my God, I'm a genius 
that feeling and being able to give you that feeling over and over again, that can make, that can be really fun. Yeah. It's the got but, it moment. Like, but oh. the more you have to work for that, the stronger that feeling should be. Yeah. But I, that's the piece that we but never it, covered here. I never got that feeling ever in Oberden of like, oh shit, I'm a fucking genius. I figured this out. But a good, a good I, I, puzzle I game. We had that and none of those answers were right. So I guess I agree. Yeah. A, a good puzzle game can make you feel like it follows those curves, right? Portal, great puzzle game, probably right up there with The Witness, makes you over and over feel like, oh my god, I figured this out. What if I do this? I'm going to cheat the game. And it's like, you, by cheating the game, have figured out the, the, the answer to the puzzle. And you're like, oh, I'm a genius. Oh, oh I'm a genius. Oh, I'm really a fucking a genius. And it, like, builds and builds and builds. Um, like... To being able to to pace that level of discovery and give you enough to make you think you're learning or to to not only make you think you're learning but make you think you're cheating the system and make you think you're abusing the system and like all those ways that you think you're getting over on the on the man like but those are they just game feel things. really good none of that's a puzzle that's game things distinct to a game that's why no, I think I this think is so much more things. of a puzzle. But the puzzle no, design well, drives maybe. that game thing. Yeah. Agreed. But I think the f you're referring to a conflation of the genius feeling, which is the puzzle solution, and the fun, which is the game part. I, I guess it's almost a separate conversation. Shouldn't a puzzle game be both those things? But like, there certainly is room for games that are just puzzles, and I think that's what we played. And I don't think we really like that because we want the game part to be in it. But that goes back to Lucas's whole thing is being known for making games that are work. So, but to my, to the point that I think about from that perspective, though, the witness breaks that idea. The witness is not fun to play. You literally walk around. Oh, I mean, the witness is so fun to play because it's giving you those, because it's tutorializing as well. At, so, the, I disagree, but I see your point. Yeah, Sorry, the witness is fun to play because you're solving puzzles. No, because there's a game there. It's a game of piecing together the island. It's a game of like the way, like discovering the way it's teaching you to play. I, I of don't, which there's none in Oberdin. I would love to hear more, Nate, because I do not get your distinction at all. Yeah, it, interesting. Um, man, I wish we played more puzzle games because it would be helpful to have a lot more data. Like, I do think The Witness and Portal are extremely distinct in that they're fun. Well, and I, so and that's I don't where it think breaks for me is trying I don't think the this. puzzle and Witness are on anywhere near the same page because puzzle feels good to move. Like, the locomotion feels good. The animation feels good. Like, the gameplay feels good. The Witness has none of that. What? Hmm. I like the way it sounds and slides and clicks like it's tactile. But that's exactly the same. You could lay that onto when, Oberden. Uh, but then we're getting... But I, I also there's, love that. For me, there's a little bit like when you figure out that you can do it in the world and you still get that same, yes. the sounds and the UI and all that stuff that's happening. Like the first time I figured it out, I did it to the sun. Like, holy fuck, man. I It just felt yeah. amazing. And then, I don't know if you've ever replayed The Witness. I have not. They give you one of those at the very beginning of the game. And they have like a whole 
alternate reality that you jump into if you do that at the very beginning of the game. It's it's mind fucking blowing. What is J Blow doing? Is he just fucking doing karate classes? I don't know what the meditating. I think he's. I think he was building a new programming language. Sweet J Blow. I'm gonna stop at this recording. Oh yeah. Okay. That was a fucking great episode, boys.